You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Wowzers, trousers. This is episode 348. We are nearing the 350. And also, it's a significant week for me because four years ago, I started this podcast and I really had the intention of just doing a couple of episodes and if no one listened, I'd just chuff off and never think about it again. But you did listen. I'm Alicia. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. And who'd have thought that four years on, I'd still be talking about weddings. For those who have listened to the back catalogue, there are a lot of episodes and it's interesting. I think my tone and the vibes have stayed the same, but Bride Chiller has really evolved to be more than just a wedding planning podcast, as you probably can see if you do a little cheeky scroll through uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. I've covered a lot of different topics that aren't necessarily directly wedding planning focused. It's all the peripheral stuff that I think is far more interesting and important, especially when you are going through this time in your life and things are evolving People are changing, you're changing, and I just think that Bride Chiller is one of those resources that well, I'm hopeful you find it empowering and informative, and it might be altering or at least giving you a different worldview and perspective, which is why today's topic really excites me. This is a bit of a mashup. I've taken a bit of an old episode and re-edited it and also done a whole bunch of new stuff as well. But the first interview I did with my lovely friend, Julia Zamiro, she's a bit of a celeb in Australia. Fantastic. One of my best friends in the whole wide world and also one of the best public speakers that I know and hosts. And she's just really good at what she does. And the whole idea of women speaking at weddings, as you will hear us talk about in the interview, it's quite new, which shocks me. And I don't just mean brides speaking and doing a speech. I mean female MCs, as you will hear at my second guest, lovely professional MC, Canadian Samantha Savoya, is a, a speaker, a public speaker that she goes and does this for a living. But she's the first female MC in Toronto, which is like we're living in the 70s. It's actually how we're feeling in a lot of facets of our lives at the moment, I'm sure. However, wasn't going to get political, always do. <laughs> this episode is, well, actually, speaking of episodes that might not necessarily be directly associated with weddings, this is very associated with the wedding. We're talking about making speeches and finding the right MC for your day. But also, Julia and I speak about public speaking, which I know a lot of people are really fearful of. And a lot of us have to speak, <clears throat> I'm doing it right now, have to speak uh, in meetings and perform, not necessarily perform, but present is the proper word. So I think there's a lot of valuable takeaways from our conversation, especially when it comes to preparation, I can't say preparation, not going to edit it, preparation how to calm your nerves when you are in a public speaking environment or potentially just speaking to two of your workmates, doing a pitch or speaking in front of your entire wedding party slash guests. We're covering a lot of different ways that you can gain these skills. And I think these are really valuable life skills. So even if you aren't planning to get up and do your speech, even if you are hiring a professional MC like Samantha, or if you're asking Uncle Bob to do it for you, I think there is lots to learn and lots to gain about this topic. 
So I'm going to crack on. We're just going to go straight into it. First up is the first part of this episode is with my lovely friend, Julia. I actually cut a bit of the intro out because I talk about the Save the Date Wedding podcast. This is how long ago we did this interview, but she had come to visit um, me and Rich, Rich and I, in London. She was at the time going to host Eurovision for Australia. She doesn't do that gig anymore, but she's doing a lot of big TV shows. So if you Google Julia Zamiro, you'll find her and see all the wonderful work that she has been doing. Tiny bit of back history here. We met in 2006 when Julia was co-hosting a radio show and I was an assistant producer on that show. And um, I just between you and I and everyone listening, we found the male staff members of that show. Well, I did. I'm not going to say Julia did. I found it a little challenging and we really bonded. And I had just come out of that relationship where I'd cancelled a wedding, not the one to Rich. If you haven't heard this story, go back and listen to episode 001, the first episode. I sort of give you a crash course in my uh, engagement history. However, I was, you know, in a slightly rough place and I had decided I wanted to get into stand-up comedy. And it was really Julia who said, you should do this. I'm going to help you. And she directed my my act. So I went along, I wrote a five-minute stand-up comedy piece about cancelling a wedding. My God, I will never lose weddings. It's been such a big part of my career, really, really randomly. And I did this stand-up comedy competition. I ended up winning the state competition, and I got to the national finals, which were in the uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival in the town halls. There were 3,000 people there. It was broadcast nationally. It was a shit show. I mean, it was fun, but fuck, it was really scary. It's not my third gig ever. And she's been with me ever since, and Julia has directed all of my solo stand-up shows. When I did uh, Melbourne and Sydney uh, International Comedy Festivals, I did long-form, one-hour shows. She has been there to help me. So she knows her stuff. Not only that, she has had such a huge career of her own. The little tiny bits she's dabbled helping me um, probably are just blips in what she's done. But I'm so grateful for her friendship and also her guidance she's been – she is – such a huge part of my life. So I'm happy to share this with you and just have fun with it. That's what we would always say. It's what they say in auditions. They're going, oh, everyone, just just enjoy yourself. Just have fun with it. It's a little Julia Easter egg for you. Here we go. They're my goals. But my goal today is Tell to me. be here with you. Oh, God, you're professional. Because, look, I uh, I emceed your wedding. You did. Yes. yes. Let's out each other. Let's out. So I... <laughs> In Australia, now this is different all over the world, and we're going to talk about this as well. An MC is generally someone you ask someone that you know and love that can run the wedding, the reception part of the wedding mm. for you. And we asked you, I was a little nervous asking you because I know professionally you do this all the time, and I didn't want you to think, ah, oh, she's just asking me to do it as a job. It was such a great honour to I have I would have been you. very sad had you not asked me. <laughs> but also I think too that... um. I mean, I do a lot of public speaking and MC events and corporate events and all of that. But what's wonderful about when you get to MC a wedding, it's actually important. Yeah. So the other jobs, you go, I don't really care about that job. But this job, when you when you MC a wedding, you have a big responsibility on your shoulders because you're not only kind of running that day. I think you set the tone. Mm. And if you if you're not sure what tone you're setting, and if you're not sure what the couple want. That's not great. You're really going to be on top of that. Mm. So it's not the celebrant. She or he or she have a particular job. And it's not the wedding planner. They've got a particular job. 
as MC, you're kind of running uh, the order of events and um, being familiar with those. It's an excellent thing to begin with. Now, I have also emceed some stuff in the past, and I found the problem is a lot of time the bride and groom leave the formalities, the running order of the day yes. until the day before. <laughs> or not at all. Wow. We had a couple, and I'm not going to name names. Don't. Because that gets me in trouble. It really does. But I was involved in a wedding where I had a main event job like that mm. and it was really the morning of the wedding where you're going shit mm. i don't know what you want me to do i mm. don't know who's speaking it is a bit of, sometimes a bit of a last minute thing and sometimes the couple don't know or they leave it to the last minute and it's actually so important because once the ceremony's done and everybody's back in that room and you're sitting at tables People have an expectation, don't they? They mm. they are looking for someone to lead them. We're in this place. You might not know half the people there. And you're waiting for someone to kind of take the ball and run with it. Now, if you're lucky enough to have someone in your group of friends or in your family that is very comfortable getting up there and running the day, great. But sometimes you don't. And um, there'll be two categories today. There'll be categories. Uh, there'll be the category of people who love public speaking Maybe love it a bit too much. And in fact, you might not ask that person. And then those that, you know, are in, are in fear of it. And I don't think you can ask someone who's really not comfortable to MC something, um, to do that. And then you've got to be careful because if you get someone too confident, like I said, they turn it into a show about them mm. rather than being a, a show for you. So it's really got to be about what the bride and groom want. And sometimes they don't know. Sometimes you've got to be of help. Yes, and that's a good point. And I think from a, an MC point of view, if you have a wedding planner that you're working with, and perhaps as a bride and groom, groom and groom, bride and bride. Oh, absolutely. Please, all Please. for it. Whoever's getting married. Whoever's getting married. Whoever's event this is. Thank you. If you don't want to manage that process, then palm it off to the the bridal wedding planner, whoever you've got, mm. to then be the person to converse with the MC. Just yeah. as long as someone knows what the hell is going on. I know. That's a good start. And, you know, it's like I think the rule number one is that I think people often feel they have to be funny and they don't really think that's true. People panic and think, well, what am I going to say and I've got to run it and you don't have to be funny. You just have to be real and be yourself and and then know what's happening. So if there are going to be speeches from a mum, a dad, a relative, a brother, the best man, you know, the maid of Matron of Honour? Whoever you want. Or maid. Or maid. Don't really know the difference. Or I've one's been doing married, this... one's unmarried. Oh, good. See, I've been doing this for six months. I've never questioned the two different names. Matron of Honour, you kind of imagine this quite bosomy lady with a big With dress. a baby who's <laughs> doing that. What do they call when they breastfeed a baby? It's not theirs. Oh, um, no, a wet nurse. A wet nurse. From Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, good. We digress. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got to, you, you know, whoever might be speaking, you need to know that you're going to open the event and welcome everybody. You know you're going to throw to the next person, the first person to speak. You'll come back and do a little bit of, oh, maybe that didn't go very well, so you might want to lift the mood. Then the second speaker comes, and whatever happens in that speech, you have to keep listening as the MC, just in case something terrible goes wrong or goes beautifully right. You mm. have to be there the whole time. It's actually a big job. Mm. I find it a bit exhausting. Well, in a even if way. you love doing it and you love the person you're with, yeah, you're on. And you can't be going, oh, I'll knock back a couple of wines because you really need to have your yes. wits about you. And so as those different speakers happen, you've got to make sure that you're there picking up the ball every time. And it's like a good waitress. You need to let everybody know what's happening. We're going to take a short break now. We'll be back. I mean, you really do so that not everybody disappears 
so that and goes outside to possibly smoke, which they shouldn't be doing because sure. it's bad for you, everyone, um, <laughs> to come back in and not miss perhaps the big speech of the night or whatever. Now, tell me something, yes. Julia Zamiro. If yes, Alicia, I found in being a person, a guest, they're called when you go to a wedding. Mm-hmm. It's a guest. That's a guest. Sometimes the speeches go on a long, 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 long time. Mm. As an MC, how do you wind them up? Is it possible? Well, I think if you can get in early before the whole shenanigans begin, like say, you know, two weeks before, make it very clear to the couple getting married, can I have a word with your speakers Mm. and gently... Explain to them that five minutes is a great length for a speech. quite a good amount of time. And unless you are a professional something who is hilarious and knows that couple really, really well, because there are exceptions. I mean, you can do some kind of amazing 10-minute bit about how that couple got together or perhaps the bride and groom have said to you, you were there, you're the one who got us together, please tell that story. Mm. But at least it's a request from them. But these five, 10, 15-minute speeches... And sometimes that's nerves. Yeah. They just don't remember that it's nerves and that's why you should have written in a big red pen on your card to stop, calm down, breathe, you know, all that. Um, As an MC, you have to find the lovely way to get up there and say, one minute to go, or you might have a little bell. I think that's fun. No one gets offended. A little bell or get that glass out. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. And for fun, as the MC at the beginning, you might say, look, we're running a tight ship here. I just, I'm going to give you a halfway mark. Bing, bing, bing. I'm going to give you a one minute to go. Bing. And then I'm going to give you 10 seconds. You might not even have to use that, but it's just something to let everyone know in a kind of fun way. Because, yeah, if you think it's going to go for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and there's food to come out, or you're an uncle that everyone likes but nice can get on, just goes on a bit, then you are allowed to kind of bring that back. But I always say to people, five minutes is a great starting point, and they don't sometimes even realize how long that is. To physically be up there for. Yeah, and we know as performers, five minutes when it's not going well can be shit. <laughs> it can be 20 in your own mind and everybody else's. Like, let's just wind this up and wind it up. And let's move on with the evening. Please. Now, now, MC, sometimes I think going back to this idea of having a schedule, working with a wedding planner, you are often the person, if there's not a wedding planner, you're often the middleman that deals with problems on the night. Or the middle woman. Or lady. Yeah. Exactly. Look, I did a wedding once and it was sort of low key but quite organised at the same time. I mean, it was relaxed, I suppose, but it was in their house and they had a beautiful house and a beautiful hall that happened to be part of their house and the catering was terrific. But that caterer wanted that food out there when he wanted it and I understand because Mm. you want it all to be hot. But I felt like, did you not have the discussion with the couple about, no, 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 it's not supposed to happen. So there was a lot of stern words and you've got to give stern words on one side and come back out to the couple and make them believe there's no problem. Yes. So there was a lot of liaising on that day. I was, I have to say, I was quite exhausted by the end of that wedding and I really didn't drink at all because I just thought I just, and nothing went wrong, but Mm. everything could have gone wrong. And yeah, I think with MCs, you have to realise you've got a big job, which is different to just doing a speech. Sure. You slot in, you slot out. But if you're the MC and you might have other extracurricular things to look after, you need to be prepared yourself so that that's a, that homework's done to deal with the unexpected, even though it's technically not always your job. No, but that's because you're a friend and you want to get you're in there. And also you just don't want any of that stuff to come back to the bride and groom. And brides and grooms listening, that's why you pick someone that's responsible so you don't end up picking pieces of crap up on the oh. day because that's not what you want it's on your awful. wedding day. It's actually awful. And 
Um, they don't want you don't want you don't want them to stress, and you should give the job to someone who knows what they're doing. I often go to events or weddings and think, oh, why didn't they ask me to do this? Because <laughs> I'm not enjoying myself. I could have gone up there, and there's a lot of umming and eyeing and pausing and 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 faffing around, and uh, that's not great. And people love a short, sharp, brilliant moment. It doesn't have to be funny, but if it's short and sharp. And you get on with what you want to say. It's it's great because you want to be remembered for doing a good job, <laughs> not that. Oh, you remember that girl? And she's done for twenty. I mean, I've been to, and I've mentioned it before, a couple of speeches at weddings that are like a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Well, oh. <laughs> you know, you want to, you go. Yeah, I know enough about you. And like you said, <gasps> making it about them going. Well, really? I did this and this and this. And you're like, this is not a oh business presentation God. between but two people that love each other. Shut the fuck up. Well, that's obviously a business person. Yes, who thinks gone, that's how it's I speak done. all the time. I'm very good with this. And again, you have to say, I know you do that every day, but what's this? This is a wedding. This is a they, different. Thing. I know they're coming together forever and. I think it's really important, you know, big rule is absolutely, if you've got some funny things to say, say it. But always set up your context as well, why we're here, who we who we are, the story of it. Mm. And by all means be funny, but the magic thing is to try and make them cry if you can. Oh, okay, we're going to come back to okay, this. Okay, great, great. All right, look, I leave them wanting. Leave them wanting. Which we're going to leave you wanting just for a couple of seconds. <laughs> I'm talking to Julia Zamiro, the wonderful, wonderful host, TV presenter, comedian. In Australia. And my best friend. So there you go. No (laughs) bias there. Keep listening. More after this. Samantha Savoya, you are in Canada and you are a professional MC and a bride chiller to be. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Um, you should be doing the introducing because this is what you do yes. professionally. And I am like morbidly fascinated because I have Instagram stalked you. I've watched uh, videos of you doing your thing. Can you tell me what you well, what you do and how you got into it because I think this is a fantastic gig. Yeah, so on the weekends I work for a in-house DJ company and so I I do a lot of the announcing and I keep the party going and that's basically a man's world. I don't know what it's like out there but it's it's totally a man's world out here and yes. um so yeah, so I as far as I know I'm the only one as a female doing it here in Toronto. But um, yeah, so I got into it uh, about six years ago and, or I come from a background of music. So I am a singer, I'm a performer and a musician. So I originally went to them for music services. I said, oh, you know, it'd be cool to have like a live performer, da, 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 da. And they said, okay, cool, we'll take you on. And, you know, they kind of had this idea where they said, why don't you, why don't you MC? Like, it'd be really cool if you, you did that. And I said, no, like, there's no way, like, I'm really shy. I can't host a wedding. That's no. <laughs> so somehow or another, they got me to do it. And luckily enough, I had a family friend who said, you know, it'd be so cool to have a female MC. Like, why don't you do my wedding as like your first wedding? I said, okay. Oh no, here we go. Right. You know, I followed around the guys, uh, a lot of the guys who were doing it. I, I learned a little bit more about the gimmicks, the the games, the this, the that. How do you get people to get on the dance floor? And I did my first wedding and I just killed it. And just from there, I just kept getting bookings. And and uh, yeah, that's just that's just how it all became to be. 
Well, tell me, because this is a completely new world for me. And I know when my American and Canadian listeners hear that in Australia and, and in Great Britain, especially, we usually ask our relatives or friends to host our weddings. And then when I started talking about this on the show, a, a lot of my North American listeners were like, what? You do what? <laughs> huh? I don't get it. So now I want to say to you, what? How does this work? <laughs> Tell me about how people connect with you. Do you, is it like every vendor uh, client relationship? Have you got to like these people? What do you need to know about them? Oh my God, I've got so much. <laughs> yeah. So even when you told me that uh, through our emails, you told me that it's usually a friend. Um, that was, that was different for me because it's, uh -huh. it's not unheard of. Like I've, I've done weddings where I'm just there as like the support system because a family friend is doing the wedding. Right. And it's, again, it's not unheard of. It's, but it's, it's not something that people do because it's the bride and groom want the family member to be like a guest, you know? So they just hire the person to emcee the wedding. So when someone approaches you, you know, I talk a lot on the show about how it's good to feel the vibes with, with the vendor client relationship, especially when you are, you're fronting the wedding. This is what I find so interesting. How do you, how do you approach that relationship? Do they, you meet up in person and do you do a bit of your shtick or what, how does it all work? So because I work for an in-house DJ company, usually they have like this protocol and some other companies don't do this, uh, but we do. And so what we do is I don't know the bride and groom. Uh, I don't know who I get paired with. So, wow. um, so usually the music director of the company, the DJ company will, you know, send out a, a little introductory email you know, so-and-so our bride-to-be, uh, you know, meet with our female MC. She's going to talk to you about your big day and so on and so forth. So I will reach out to the bride and groom uh, through email or through phone, whatever, and basically set up a in-person meeting uh, two weeks before the wedding. And right. we'll meet up and we'll kind of go over the whole agenda of the night. I'll add in, let's say, maybe a kissing game. I'll, I'll, you know, convince them or not convince them to do certain things throughout the night. And I'll just try to make that connection. You know, some, some MCs don't do that because they're not personable like that. They just kind of want to do the job. Um, but for me personally, I, I love meeting with my brides and grooms because I love to make that connection because, you know, I, I want to show up on the big day and, and give them the biggest hug and say, Oh, congratulations. Right. So that's that's kind of the protocol before the big day. So when it comes to the wedding night, let's talk about some of the things that are really working for you as an MC because there are lots of trends about, as you said, the games and people doing the shoe game and the kissing game and then they're ringing bells and all, that and all sorts of things. <laughs> what are you seeing at the moment that whether we are hiring professional MCs or we're using Uncle Bob, always Uncle Bob, not Uncle Bob, some someone flashy, your friend Claire, uh, to do it. What are some of the tips that you could give them, uh, things that are working in the world of MCs at the moment to make things jazzy, fun, exciting, and keep the show moving? Well, I mean, in terms of just giving advice for for anybody, it's, yes. it's more of, you know, just be demanding, you know, don't, not in a rude way, but, you know, don't be apologetic. And if you want people to, you know, get up and, and follow your instruction, you know, put, put it out there, have a big voice, use your diaphragm. That's what I always do. Um, good. And just, yeah. So just be demanding and, and, and have really good, I guess, games or gimmicks, if that's what you want to call it, um, to also grab people's attention. But yeah, that's, that's just kind of like a little advice I would give to people. Um, and in terms of really what's working for me, 
so for a kissing game, let's say, we try to steer people away uh, from banging on the plates because usually, like, I don't know oh. if that's a thing where you are, but like banging on the plates is how you kind of get the bride and groom to kiss throughout the night. Um, so the venue does just, happen. The little ding, 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 ding. Yeah, ding, yeah, yeah. You just don't want to smash up the plates, you idiots. Just <laughs> banging on the plates. You know, yeah. So we try to steer people away from that because uh, it's just not good. We don't want to break things, but it's also like so old school too, right? So. We try to bring new things. So, uh, you know, just a different kissing game in general that'll steer people away from that is, is something that I find that works too. And, and I, for me, I try to make it very interactive, not to the point where it gets awkward, but just, you know, loosen people up a little bit. Nice. Well, that's what it's all about. And tell me, you must see over your sort of five years of doing this, you must have seen some, as we'd say in Australia, shithouse uh, speeches because and that's an awful thing to say. But just people go, hi, my name's Tony and I think I'm really funny. And you're like, Tony, you're not funny. Wind it down. Or really, dr- Tony's drunk and he thinks he's a fucking comedian. You're like, you're not that great, Tony. I'll have the microphone. Let's move on with your life. Oh, or yeah. people have done a cracking job and you're like, man, crib notes I want these people to come and help me out tell you must see it all oh my gosh I I can't even tell you there's been times where people just go on for hours and I'm just sitting back like oh my god like the pasta has to come out right now like can you not but (laughs) there's nothing that I can do like if I interrupt anybody I'm getting fired like no really Oh, well, I mean, okay, I won't get fired, but I'll get into a lot of trouble. Like you just don't interrupt no matter how amazing or how boring the speech is, just sit back and let them do their thing. Like you can't, there's nothing you can do. (laughs) And do you think, what about if they're really drunky and you're like, oh, this is going to be bad. Have you ever had to move anyone along Um, or do a a slight wind up? Yes and no. I won't. So there's been times where I've seen the bride and groom kind of look at me on the side because I'm usually standing on the side because I like to stay at the podium and introduce the next person speaking. So I'll just kind of hang out and, you know, in the back. So sometimes I'll see the bride and groom like look at me and give me like this look like, okay, Mm. you need to, you really need to get them off. Right. So I'll never go back on the mic and be like, okay, that was great. Like a round of applause. Like I'll, I'll never stop someone from speaking but I'll kind of like inch over on my knees in a dress too (laughs) I'll inch over on my knees and like kind of look at them and be like okay okay we don't have that much time you know I'll give them like the the wrist thing Mm. we're running out of time like stop talking but sometimes it's just a disaster and there's nothing you can do about it you just want to do the gentle wind up and to go look we all just need to move (laughs) on with our lives as do you Tony yes the pasta's coming out stop talking we're out of the pasta we all want the carbs (laughs) wrap it up Tony Now, also, uh, do you sing while you're doing your gig or is that a separate thing? It is it is a separate fee. Um, there has been times where I just do it for fun <laughs> because I really like to do it. Sure. Um, so because I'm on social media, a lot of the brides and grooms will creep me first. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I, I see that you sing. Can you sing at my wedding? I'm like, oh, man, okay. Well, I have seen some videos of you singing and I always wondered if that was part of the whole gig and I appreciate that you've got, you're like a triple threat. So, you know, I think if you can do it, yes, you could do it. Yes. Yeah. So I do. If I get asked to, I I definitely do. I'll take it seriously for sure. Um, Sure. There's been times where brides and grooms have 
throughout the night been like, oh my God, can you sing at my cake cutting? Like right now? I'm like, um, I just have one. What, you're riffing or what? Oh, like I, I just had one. Yeah, I have a protocol. If I have to sing, I, I there's certain steps that I take because I want to make sure I sound really good. So <laughs> when you throw me off with that, I'm like, oh no, okay, here we go. What's your go-to cake cutting song, by the way? Um, Etta James, At Last. Oh, that's a hard one. That's a good one. I somehow managed to do it. I don't know. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> you Give me a bit of that. Uh, I'm gonna make you sing a little. I'm doing it. You're better at me. Uh, come on. Oh, yes, you did it. And I mine's like a little bit of like someone's having a little dry, dry reach. And yours is like proper. Great. Uh, okay, everyone can listen to that, and we're not violating for any effort, musical podcast things. Hello. You're great. Now, You're great. Oh. Well, well, that's nice of you to say. Um, <laughs> Samantha, Canadian uh, bride chillers, they want to get in touch with you. Where can they get in touch and book your amazing services and have you do the proper Adlas <laughs> at, at their cutting and you to run the show? Um, so you can find me at samanthasavoya.ca um, or you can find me on Instagram, which is samanthavmc. Great. And your Instagram is great. It's entertaining. It sells you. And uh, I say, everyone, pop along, check out Samantha. And also, if you are looking to book an MC, I think it's just really good to scope people out and make sure that you vibe yes. with them uh, and make sure that they are presenting what you you know, what you want. Yes, exactly. Obviously, true. Exactly. Do your research. Do, what did you say? You said, I, I say scope people out. You did the creep. I like the, the creeps. Creep. That's a good way to say it. Yeah, you can do that You'll too. The creeps. Yeah, because you don't want a creep. You want to do the creeps and make sure you've got the right person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would definitely say research, see who you like, see if you can look at the reviews and, you know, again, like you said, see if you can vibe with them. And usually it's all males. So if you want something, Oh, hire some women for the love of right? God. Thank you. It's been lovely chatting with yeah. you. People, hire more women. <laughs> I agree. More women need to be in this industry. Yes. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm so excited. What a great opportunity. I told you she was good. I'd hire in a second. Thank you very much, Samantha. It was great having a chat with you and very good timing when it comes to uh, the topic that we are discussing today. Right, back to my interview with Julia Zamiro. We're going to move on to more about speech making, about actually yes. getting up and talking. Mm. Now, in a couple of weeks, I've got a wonderful episode. I did an, an interview with a lady called Nova from newbride.com. She makes a, just explaining to you, Julia, and if no one's heard this before, sure. she has a, a blog about diversity. Oh, I love... No, I heard that one. You've heard that one before. Yes. So she's back and she's talking about confidence, which I thought would be a nice thing to also talk to you about as well. Because making a speech, like I said in the intro to the show, it's not... Public speaking is not really a normal thing for a lot of people. No, and even people who are good at it hmm. can get a bit rabbit in the headlights and, and get panicky. Breathing is very important. I know we go on about breathing, but if you deep, if you take some deep breaths before you do any kind of public speaking, I swear to you, you will calm down. It's nature's remedy. It's nature's absolutely nature's remedy. So I know it sounds silly, but some very very slow in breaths and out breaths really will help. And actually, an alcohol won't just quietly. Yeah, let's talk about booze because some yeah, people. Mm. I have 
always gone on record saying, I have never done a stand-up comedy gig with any alcohol in my system. I am the straightest performer. Mm. And that's only because, and we've talked about this before, that I'm not saying I'm a drunky drunk, but I know I have my script in my head. I trust myself. And I think if I mess up and I've had a drink, I'll just blame that drink. It's like drink driving. It is like drink driving. So I don't think... That doesn't... I just know me. And I think if I did it with booze and maybe I'd do it and it's perfect and it's fine but it, I don't think it helps me look some people can have a wine and nothing happens sure. it just takes the edge off and that's fine but I think um in terms of nerves mm. it doesn't help at all no if you're if you know you can have a couple of wines and still do it you can but it's it's more that people think I better have one of this it'll calm me down and it can can't but I think the more organized you are you've got something to fall back on if it all goes horribly wrong the organization's everything start writing that speech a long time beforehand mm. you know start if you're the speech maker start putting notes down keep a little um diary or something on your computer where you keep adding to it going oh, i could talk about this i could talk about this and then you'll have a list of topics and then you'll start to think well i can't talk about everything mm. some people like to sit and write it out on the computer some people like me i like to walk around the room with um, a phone and record what i think i'm going to say and then write that out later because i improvise it or add a little bit better i think of the ideas um, and in terms of putting it together, you could show a friend. I always think don't show that friend until you've really got what you want because if you start showing too many people, then they're going to take you off your main idea. But if there's someone that you really want to work with on it who you trust and mm. will go, no, no, don't say that. You must keep this in, keep that out. Do that definitely. Five minutes, keep timing it. Five minutes, read it out loud, read it out loud because you'll find that sometimes reading out loud, out loud it's one minute. And you think, that's actually technically not long enough. <laughs> or it's actually 10 minutes. And you think, is that how long it takes? You, you will be surprised if now we, you don't write We it use down. a famous, but probably a bit of a morbid phrase, kill your babies. Kill your babies. Uh, it's in the writing world. It's out there. You yeah. know, you might write the most brilliant thing in the world, but if there's no time, you need to get rid of it. And it is the kill your babies expression, which does sound a little intense. <laughs> um, what else? I think, too, there's a, there's a notion, too, that when you're doing stand-up, like I said, that you need to be hilarious mm. all the time. It's not a stand-up gig. If you are funny and that you're going to provide that in, you know, there's five speakers and you're the funny one, absolutely. And if there is a very strong speaker in your five speakers, you've got dad is going to say something, mummy's going to say something, and let's get more mums talking as well. We need oh, more mums talking. Um, or a, a brother or whatever, a good friend. Put the strongest person last. Do you want a big finish? Yeah, go at the bank. Yeah, don't put dad last if he's really nervous about reading anything. Put that big kind of great confident speaker last. Um, and just remember, you've got that MC coming up to say, well, that's it for tonight. We're going to have dancing in a minute to maybe fix it if mm. something goes horribly wrong mm. in the big finish that you thought you were going to get. And do you think just personally as an, as an MC, if someone came up to you and said, look, my dad's to you, my dad is really nervous. I'm really worried about it. Is it better they're honest so you're at least G'd oh, up yeah. about oh, it? Oh, totally. In fact, I have volunteered to almost interview the mum and dad. Oh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, so I've, I interviewed a, a mum once. Because um, she was quite nervous. This and, is instead of them doing the speech. Yeah, well, instead they had the speech idea with them, but I interviewed them and said, "So, you know, what did you first think of of your daughter-in-law when you first met her, and um, what do you think of today?" And find funny things to talk to her about, so she feels like all she has to do is answer. Mm. And you'll actually find, or I found, that she had a natural humour that came out anyway. 
and the audience loved it because she was being made to feel a bit special because I was interviewing her. She was kind of, not the star, it's not about that, it's just being made to feel a little bit important. So, yeah, you could try that if there's real nerves because it's different to standing next to them and telling them how to read something because that Mm. makes them look like... Gummies. They don't know what they're doing. Sure. So the interview thing is a good one. That's great. Um, Or you just say to your couple, get what they want to say. You want want your dad to say because you love him but he's not very good and I'll practice it with him. Mm -hmm. And all he has to do is read it out. And sometimes that's enough for people. They just want that moment. Um, And, you know, you might get three speeches in a row from uh, nervous relatives all saying, I'm just delighted to be here. Here's to the bride and groom or here's to the groom and groom and and that's it. Yeah. Um, But they've done their dash, you know, but make sure you've got someone who can come up at the end and and give something a bit more colourful. Now, I like some of the practical information that you've given me as a performer because I will say Julia has directed me in a number of shows. I have directed My Melbourne International Comedy Festival show, How to Get Rich. You also did my last one. One of a kind. One so of a kind. You're very good. and But I love, because you're an actor and a performer, but you're also uh, a director, I think you see it from both sides hmm. of the stage, quite literally. Hmm. But one thing I remember you saying about is preparation, physically having cards or something like hmm. that. A lot of people don't think about... Yeah, they turn up with big crappy bits of paper and they're like... The A4 size paper <laughs> folded up and unfolded. And it's like, well, no. If you, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a relative somewhere or a young person in your family that you can say, here's my speech, can you pop it on some cards? Mm. And make sure it's not that ink that runs. Oh, good. You know, the ink that, you know, I've got one of those cheap printers, don't get me wrong, and I often, I think, oh, I mustn't... Because if you've one little bit of coffee or a little bit of wine it's or gone. a little bit of water, it's gone. So don't do that. Show's over. But, um... If you've got some smart cards that you get from any stationery shop, some smart cards where you have your speech on there, they're kind of handy, you can put them away in a handbag, you put them away in a, in a suit pocket or whatever. It just looks a little bit more organised, a little pen at the ready so you can add something funny. Oh, that's good notes. Just in case something's happened at the, at the service, oh, hilarious, some kid said something funny, write it down, call bring back. it back. We call, call it back. a callback in the industry, don't it we? It is. It's a callback where you call back to something funny that happened earlier and that you know you'll get a guarantee laugh. And with. people love that. Oh, mad for it. Yeah. And even you as the MC, you could have your own kind of theme of callbacks. You might have a theme for what you're, how you're presenting it. Perhaps you're the one who introduce them or perhaps you're the one who's still single or I mean I wouldn't go on about that too much like you're single and everyone else is happy and getting married but some theme that you can bring back throughout the night um could be fun and also there's always the we don't do telegrams anymore but you can do the pretend text messages or tweets or skypes or you know you know funny sort of stories that you get from people like that to break it up a little bit as well I do love that I think sometimes that's forgotten the messages they call it? it is the telegrams I it think. was a telegram once that. in the old days and just watch some old films you'll see that happening the telegrams a telegrams that would and, and that was a big thing to get telegrams arriving 10 of them and, and reading them out from people who can't be there because now often people can be there <gasps> or certainly the bridal parties bully them into being there and going all the <laughs> way to france for some wedding um and then uh, but it's kind of fun if you've got you know messages text messages you can make gags about that and also housekeeping. A job as an MC uh, is to make sure there's some housekeeping rules. So, you know, maybe don't talk on your phone when people are talking. You mm. know, all eyes to me, that kind of thing. I love, and I love watching you wrangle a crowd. Julia is the best at going, come on, let's go. Mm. But in a fun way, and everyone body listens. Well, yeah, I think, if, I think one big thing is don't get cross with people. You can't get cross with the crowd. 
if you kill them with kindness and keep smiling and cajole, I always think cajoling's a good way. Mm. Seducing as well. Mm. You can seduce a crowd, you can cajole a crowd into sort of saying, well, look, we're all here to, together today for a reason and, um, you know, we, we all want to hear what's going on. And remember, everyone's nervous. Your job is to help them be less nervous. And if you're making a speech and that's all you're doing, all your job is that speech. You just concentrate on that speech. Now, inappropriate things. What are some inappropriate things you shouldn't say? Well, I always think, and it always seems to be related to the best man speech, and you've covered it a little bit about saying a best man speech doesn't mm. have to be a full stand-up comedy routine. And I think you've got to really choose, remember your audience and, and be aware that if you've got lots of STD dick stories you want to tell, oh my God. tell them at the Bucks night. Don't tell them in front of... Grandma and Grandpa the family. and children. We're all in nice clothes. We don't need to learn about some sort of lice infection. Yeah, I think people think that by embarrassing the couple, it's funny. Mm, and not there, so. it's not. In a small group of friends around a table at dinner, fine. fine. But in front of all those people, it's actually, it's so public, it's really hideous. And I've been to a couple where that's happened and I just wish someone had taken that group, that um Best man aside and said, no, 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 you don't have to do that. It's not a shaming situation. It's a celebrating situation. And as they're giving the speech and they feel the crowd turning, yeah. they start to panic. Yeah. And they don't know how to swim out of it. And if only someone had said, can I just look at what you're going to say? <laughs> That's the other thing. In that way, you can, maybe it is a good idea to share information because you want to surprise the couple, but then you don't want to embarrass the couple no. as well. And I think mentioning past marriage or <gasps> relationships is a complete no-go. Oh, my God. I heard, I think in one I'd been to and they'd mentioned the relationship before and I was like, there is no need. It's not a day of past relationships. It's a day of celebrating this current relationship. And to have that really brought the tone down and also I think you just felt, you know when you see people sort of shifting in their seats going, oh my God, no. You've got to sense that too because if you can't sense that that audience is shifting. But look, I think it's wonderful to start with who you are within that story and who you are to these people and talk about you can have funny things. But I always love, just when everyone thinks it's all going to be a funny speech, to break out the moment that's going to make everyone tear up just the crack yeah oh i love it i love a cracking Mm. because and actually it's not even i make it sound like i'm looking for it but if you think about it if you think about the two people that you're there for and your affection for them um and what they are doing Mm. you can actually write from the heart and that will be enough but if you can put it in some kind of context so i did one for a friend years ago and we'd gone to school together uh, I happened to some reason, her and I did a speech, or I did a speech for her dad, and I was like barely 16. I don't know why, I think because I was a funny kid, and they wanted you to do it. And then I did a speech for her 21st, and here I was doing a speech for her wedding. I thought to bring that back and bring back a memory of that and then put it into some kind of context, and I knew to say something quite personal and lovely about the mum and how she used to make this beautiful particular schnitzel which is amazing making schnitzel and mm. that made them laugh and the father and how he's sport mad and dancing to you know George Benson in the lounge room and and all these little personal things and then to kind of top it all off and say how honored I was to be there oh bang all gone love it loving a tear we didn't expect that and because it will never happen again yeah a lot of effort has been put into this day there are a lot of people there it's a culmination of that big event mm. and it's a little bit it's a one-off what you hope um and if not you can do it all again you can do it again next time and that's time. also a day that will never happen again yeah 
at a cut price right now no uh, i do it for free you always. do <laughs> <laughs> but not for strangers now um no, I, you just made me think of my dad's speech because I hadn't really, mm. on the wedding day, hadn't really, I knew he was going to make a speech, but I didn't really have expectations either way of where it was going to go. I asked you, I said, do you know what he's going to say? And you said no. No. And, and I'd never really seen him mm. make a speech before. He's a very confident person, but it's not, he's not, he's a mechanic. It's not part of his gig, mm. really. He's a mechanic in the Antarctic. It's slightly he, more interesting. Sorry, he yeah. is. But, you know, he's not getting up doing corporate presentations no. or anything. But he really pulled a Swifty on us. He was incredible. And that's, it's a really good point. You've got to allow those people to shine in their own way. So maybe you've got to be a bit gentle with them too. You don't hassle them about what you're going to say. Because he wasn't reading off anything. No, he just riffed it. He riffed it. But I feel like it was riff prepared. Prepared? Prepared. Very prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was him as Mm. well. So again, he wasn't trying to be something he's not. Mm. He he thought about it. He thought, how am I going to put together what I want to say? It was funny. It was complimentary. It was moving. um, And it was him. Very much him. So how do you create a space as an MC where that can happen as well? So you've got to introduce those people beautifully. You have to say something lovely and funny if you can. If you don't know the relatives that well, ask the bride and groom or the groom and groom or the bride and bride and say, what's something about your dad that I can maybe put in, you know. I mean, one of my favourites sometimes when you literally are in a room of people you've never met before, I like to say, well, I've known this man now for at least half an hour and <laughs> I found him to be delightful. You know, because what can you do? You know, they're kind yeah. of, you don't, you don't, you're honest at least and people uh, uh, sort of, I think, uh, respect you being honest. But... Yeah, he did a wonderful job that day. Really mm. wonderful job. I think my one regret about the day is not videoing the speeches. And do you know why you didn't do that? I, we didn't want... Well, we were lucky because we had... Remember the Channel 10 crew? I was working on a TV show at the time called The Circle and they came and filmed the ceremony mm. and then they... I'm going to use a very Australian term, chuffed off. They <laughs> left. <laughs> and I... We didn't have a videographer. And I have said this on the show. I think if you... Videography can be quite expensive, but also even just get someone with an iPhone to hold up and film the speeches so you've got them. Because mm. I have beautiful memories of that those speeches. Mm. Your your speech, mm. Dan, our lovely friend who did my sort of best man speech as well, I remember there's a great photo of you and I where we're both just sort of holding our Cracking stomachs up. laughing because yeah. it was so funny. But then again, how do we? how do you and I have such a clear idea of your dad's speech? It's we do. Stated. We listen yeah. to it. It stayed with us. Yeah because um, we were paying attention. Um, and also it made the day, you know, it's another thing not to worry about on the day. But then again, as MC, if you're an MC, you could actually be part to include that. You could mm. say, well, we're being filmed today and there's a camera here. And you can use that as part of the fun. Mm. You can get the crowd to do stuff for the camera if you want. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can play with. But again, keep an eye on that couple. Keep an eye on if they're having a good time. Um, keep an eye on the room that the temperature of the room in terms of are they enjoying it are you doing too much and less is more sometimes less is keep more them wanting feel the room yes That's some of the best advice ever and mm. think about that people now i want to we're nearly running out of time i hate that but, but two things to say please we'll announce the second one in a minute there you go keep them waiting i want to just ask you but there's not women at weddings yeah it's not traditional for us to get up and speak, and it really shits me off because I think it's time for new traditions in a way, and I don't know why it's important that we hear the groom speak and the bride doesn't get up. So okay, so I'm not quite across this always. So really, that's a real thing, is yeah, it? We're it's only usually... the, the the 
male It's usually very right. male-dominated. And as you said, it'd be lovely to hear from the mothers. Now, sometimes the dads aren't around to speak, unfortunately. Absolutely. So mum gets up and does a speech. But it also... I suppose it's finding a balance and I emceed um, our friend Nicole's wedding last year and I remember saying to her, you've got to time this stuff out, We've, you know, you've got to stick to a schedule. And she said, oh, I don't care, I love everyone speaking, you could go on all night. And now, from a bride and groom's perspective, that's great, it's nice hearing people talk about you, but also people have got, you know, have got numb asses from sitting there for so long. Mm. But it, it's interesting, she didn't want to get up and say anything mm. and I absolutely respect that. But there was this long list of men that got up and spoke. Mm. And I just think from, not even from a feminist perspective, just from the idea to go, we all have voices, we've got things to say. Well, I guess too it seems silly to ask a man to make a speech if he's not very good at it when there's a woman there who can. Like, I mean, it should be genderless really. Mm. But it's, who's special to you? Yeah. You know, I mean, if someone is special to you, um, and some people go, I can't speak, I don't want to speak. Sometimes you can get them to speak together, which is kind of nice too. You can get two people to speak together. So Rich had his two best men, Casey oh. and, 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 and Lovely Bunny, and they... That they... was a wonderful speech. Yeah. See, again, I don't need to have seen it. Yeah. I, again, I remember it exactly. I don't remember word for word, but the, the beauty about it was two great friends reading a letter... <laughs> That or an email that uh, your husband Richard sent them when he was still dating you but hadn't quite met you yet. It's yes. a lovely little story of having known you and met you through Skype, long story, mm. um, five months of emailing and, and Skyping. And this beautiful email of being so sad about being apart from this girl that he's pretty much calling his girlfriend but they haven't actually met yet. I mean, it was like a beautiful novel. It was a beautiful story. <laughs> but it was really those two... Um, groomsmen, the smile on their face, the gentle humour of what mm. they were doing, and they were talking about love. Mm. I mean, I'll tear up now thinking about it. They were actually talking about love, mm. and that's a great thing to see a man talking about love. So, And there were no STD or dick jokes? No, not one. It was a real highlight, but then great material because Rich had written a pretty great email. Too. I know, and listen, <laughs> I'd been told about the email but had never heard the email, so at the time I was like, oh. So you never heard it? I, they'd, they'd mentioned that the email existed, but no one had ever read the email to me. And in the email, I think he said, I'm going to marry this girl or something. Oh, I mean, see, that's so great. So that's another great bit of material. Yeah. You know, without embarrassing anyone. That's not, We've said this already. It's not about embarrassing. We're not going through you, private emails. If you find some great letter that your friend wrote to you as a kid when you were both in high school about that or, you know, or, or some pop star they were going to marry and then you bring that up in some way or some great letter or some great trip where something happened, it's a good place to start from. And, um, mm. yeah, that was beautiful. They gave, they gave each other courage being up there together. Yeah, they were cute. They were a good little duo. And that's nice because it is that thing, if you know people work together as a duo and have that history, ask two people to get up if they're scared. Yeah, yeah. There's no rules. Oh, no. There, there are no be. rules. There can't be because, really, it will... Break the rule mm. if it means you're going to have a better day because, you know, everyone likes to laugh. Because laughter, too, releases nerves. Mm. So if everyone's nervous and you get someone to laugh, everyone relaxes. And as MC, you've got to tell them what's happening in the day. That's your job. And I think, like you said, I always know when you're up on stage, and I know we've talked about this before, if you do as a performer, as a speech person, if when you first get that first laugh, it's a great relief Ooh. for the audience and for you. Yes. You know where you are. Yeah, yes. everyone's fine. We all understand. It's that warm feeling in your stomach. Oh, mm. it's like it's like heroin. I've never done heroin, but no. I can imagine a laugh. Like that first glass of champagne. Yeah, that's much nicer. Good. <laughs> Hardcore drugs. 
And wedding podcasts. Wedding podcasts. <laughs> oh, your next? It'll be your next thing. If you are in the UK, anywhere in Europe, I've got mm. a lot of people in Sweden. Oh, that listen. Hi, Hello, um, my Swedish. Hi, hi, all the beautiful Swedes. Hi, hi. Um, ja elska dag. Oh, she's a... Oh, ja elska day. Oh, I think I just said one in Danish and one in Swedish. That's anyway. Well, it's for also for the Danes. The Swedes. Are and for the French people that listen. Et les Français aussi. Uh, bienvenue à tout le monde uh, en France. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oui. Oui, oui. She says in Australian accent, please uh, check out Eurovision and uh, just do some Google stalking of Julia because she's bloody fabulous and I yeah. love her. And hey, um, and just forget, don't, don't forget with those speeches, just preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah, don't do it the night before. <gasps> no. Oh, look, I, you're frightening me. Just, I just got nervous yeah. in my stomach when you. Well, said that. I just, I'm going to finish this now. But the last, I went to a, ugh, I went to a wedding where the groom had a beer coaster and it just put down a couple of dot points. <laughs> it didn't go well. It was painful. <laughs> oh dear. All right, great. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Julia, for coming on the show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's just charming sitting across from you. I'll put it all this in a note form. You can read it. Go to the blog. Subscribe, do all that stuff. It's current Alicia here because I was about to give you the, not wrong, I was about to give you an old email slash web address, which would be inappropriate. The new web address is thebridechiller.com. I do believe if you still would in savethedatepodcast.com, you'd still get to me, but it's too much to say and now I've said it and I'd already cut that out and I've said it again. Makes no sense. I want to thank everyone for supporting bride chiller as a whole and spreading the word and also black friday the sales that went out last friday it was really great to see so many people jump on such a bargainous offer that's gone now so we're all moving on with our lives but i'm grateful and also we had such a wonderful response to the made chiller manual that is out now it's my bridesmaid guide it should be shipping if you're listening to this the week this goes out um which is late november 2018 We should be shipping very shortly, just waiting for that boat to arrive with all the books. I watch it every day, stalking the boat. Not long, though, and uh, I I think, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing your feedback. Rich and I are so proud of it. We keep looking at it going, this is the best one. I mean, we love all the other books, but this is really good. It's funny. It's sassy. It's helpful. It's colourful. But, I mean, we're biased. We made it. There you go. So thank you again, thebridechiller.com, to visit the blog, ask a question, get involved. We're actually featuring so many great Real Bride Chiller moments. <laughs> what does that mean? We're featuring fantastic Real Bride Chiller weddings. If you would like to submit your wedding, we are open and ready to receive. Also, if you'd like to purchase the Bride Chiller Survival, Field or Made Chiller Manual, you can go through thebridechiller.com and you can find it there too. Thank you so much. Next week, we are talking all about good skincare. We're busting skincare myths. This is for boys and girls. I've got a wonderful guest, Sarah, who runs Pie Skincare. She is bullshit-free and fabulous, and we are going to really break down some of the rubbish that we are told every day. We read it in blogs. We see it on Instagram. Just stuff we're being told that is not true, that actually sometimes does worse, does harm to your skin rather than improving it. There it is. Until next week, I love you all. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place the cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right? 